Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we cover the Game Awards, more seasonal events, and the return of a beloved player to the league. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. It is Matt and Kevin, as always, coming at you from our warm and cozy, I'm assuming, bedrooms. Is your bedroom warm and cozy, Kevin? Because mine is a little bit, it's a little bit cold compared to like, the rest of my house but it's still warmer than outside yes anything is better than outside right now uh it is pouring outside yeah we have so much rain like for the past few days like i tried to stream in my my outside room and people are like we could barely hear you over the rain and i'm like (laughs) i i should just shout all my gameplay from this point forward Um, but yeah literally at the shout cast it so it's gonna be interesting um, but yeah, it's nice and warm in my room. I've been picking up a lot of oranges recently. That's, uh, that's something I do in the winter just so I could remember what the sun tastes like. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's what I've been up to for the, for the most part, just staying warm. It's like it, it rained yesterday out here, but it's not even like really heavy rain. It was about like, it was heavy for like, a hot minute and then it went back to just kind of like pathetic drizzling yeah ours is just non-stop um we had a break earlier today but it's starting to pick up again how many days has it been raining for you and like what is, what is san francisco rain like um for for me it's it's just thick constant downpour over the past like couple days like there was there was just one day where we just couldn't go outside mm-hmm. um it was in, it was intense um and yeah we i just stayed inside as much as i could but i knew that we had to go shopping and get some stuff so that was something that we had to uh we had to work on um other than that i don't think that there was much other stuff going on rain wise um yeah it's just really like making sure that you're stocked up on survival stuff because you never know, you never know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. What about the rest of your ear stuff? How's the rest of being Kevin going? Um, yeah, that's uh, that's something else. Um, first, uh, the the white elephant gift stuff, um, that I was saying. Uh, one of my presents isn't gonna get here in time, so Oof. I have to find a replacement. Um, and I kind of I have an idea of what I want to do. Like nobody has put in a joke gift yet. So um, fun, fun fact, majority of my family is lactose intolerant. So I'm thinking of putting in like a, a funny like I don't know if I should get like a milkshake or something, but I want to get like mac and cheese and then lactate and Metamucil <laughs> like, as a package. I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> Just the just the i don't want to destroy your toilet bundle you know yeah. um that that would be ideal and really funny um so i'm i'm debating on of putting that in um other than that i got in a new webcam 
um, I got a lot of stuff together and I finally decided to upgrade my camera um, because every single time that I'm on broadcast, it, it is a webcam. It is a C920 webcam. Um, and people are like, well, it's cool and all, but uh, we kind of want to see, you know, the, the full thing. We want to see what it looks like um, when you actually invest stuff in it. Plus, I'm thinking about doing more content creation in the future. So mm-hmm. um, it's really important that I start updating all of this. So that that was the play. Um, and earlier today, I went to Japantown in San Francisco. Um, it you know first time now comparing and contrasting uh the two but it was really fun to go out there got to meet the president of the esports club in berkeley um we we just talked for a little bit he's a good friend uh treated him to dinner and uh yeah we just talked it out um so yeah just really really busy week overall and i feel like that's everybody's week heading into this holiday season so for work, uh, we're having uh, I it was today. One of the our our holiday parties was today, but like I can't get there in time because one, it's like an hour away for me at least. I don't have like a reliable way to get there. Two, I had like Overwatch stuff and I had a meeting, and then I had to record the podcast today, so I didn't go out to um, out to that company party. But we have a virtual one coming, I think, next week. Um. And they they gave us fifty five dollars to to buy a white elephant gift, and they're like, you can keep thirty five of it, but spend at least twenty. And I'm like, oh, I just got a free thirty five dollars. Thank you. That sounds like a plan. I mean, like if somebody's gonna give you money to spend on a white elephant gift, you should, you know, at least find something funny, right? To put right. in there. Like, it's not my. It's not even my money I'm spending. So like, it's not money I had to lose in the first place. So exactly. If I get to keep it, even at least like what five bucks, then that's still like a win. Exactly. If I even keep a dollar, I'm a dollar richer than I was before this. Yeah. Now you could you can buy something that's like five bucks and just say it was ten bucks. If it's like ten dollars in your head, you'll be like, damn, it was worth it. Yeah. Um. So how's your your gaming stuff been, Kevin? Uh, Gaming-wise, it's been really interesting this week. I've been uh, not only out, so I, I hit the arcade. You, <laughs> I sent Matt a screenshot of my recent arcade win. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, Mini Hoops is definitely something that I want to stream in the future. I'll give you guys that content. But, yeah, I hit 101 recently on a, on a Mini Hoops machine, and that... Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a personal best. I think my personal best is 108, but it's still like one of my better runs that I've had. Um, but gaming wise, you know, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Unite and I've been, um, friends have been trying to rope me into playing Halo and, uh, and, and other games recently. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a lot that's definitely on my wish list coming, coming this, uh, this winter, you know? I, I didn't tell you yet, but. Um... I, I I bought myself a, another well not another but I bought myself a Christmas gift Kevin a very expensive mm. Christmas gift yeah. I was working and then I got the alert from Matt Swider that hey GameStop has more Xbox in stock and you don't have to like enter your social security number this time so I'm like okay so now I have an Xbox coming tomorrow an Xbox Series X like the new one yep I have one nice. coming tomorrow and so. I'm poor again. 
it, it happens it happens sometimes you know you you want to save money and then the, an opportunity shows up and you're just like damn i gotta take it it's um, been a rough year i think i deserve to treat myself exactly i mean i i treated myself to the to the camera so um yeah that, that was definitely a bigger investment but hopefully i don't look it i don't look that bad you know on camera anymore mm-hmm. all right so let's get into this shall we um continuing where we picked where we ended last week we're picking back up um and we were ken and i were talking before this and it's like wait is this episode pretty much just gonna be like a mirror of the last week's episode and we're like oh yeah oops <laughs> but so the game awards uh it happened last thursday uh i did not get to watch it because i had to go cover a film festival and and do journalism things but we do have the list of winners of the game awards for you right here let me bring that up um okay so game of the year uh it takes two took that one again i haven't played it but based on everything that people have been telling me, I, I feel like this was definitely a front runner for, for taking this. I think the only other game that people really hyped up as much as it takes to probably was Psychonauts. So I feel like those were, at least in my head, the, the two front runners to, to win this award. Yeah, definitely. It's, it was between it takes two and Psychonauts, like on paper for the most part. Um, and I, I'm glad that you know, it takes two took it, but Psychonauts also had a lot of work put into it. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's unfortunate that it didn't really, it didn't secure anything um, award wise, but it was a really solid, uh, it was a really solid pick and a very fun game, honestly, from the people who I've seen and have talked about it best game direction which was under the criteria of outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design went to death loop uh, i can see that one um it takes two i guess also probably a, a good contender for this returnal is just and i think i feel like it was just another roguelike um psychonauts 2 i feel like could have also taken it just because of i feel like it based on what i've heard it did made a lot of innovations from its previous formula and did a lot of different things with the platforming genre. Um, Ratchet and Clank was just a Ratchet and Clank game. I really don't, I, I think it was cool that it was nominated, but I didn't see it winning. Um, but Deathloop, I can definitely see having one just because we haven't had a really good like Groundhog Day game in quite a while. Um, best narrative uh, went to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I haven't played it, um this is one of those games that i feel like if it's ever on sale i'll pick it up but i don't feel compelled to buy it right now um but this is definitely maybe a reason to to pick it up because if you like story-based games like i do um i've heard the writing is very good i've heard that it is a good story and that you do get a lot of the personality of the characters and they feel like they are coming out of the actual marvel movies um but for me i think what is holding me back is that the gameplay is just kind of meh but congrats to the team for for the win and story at least yeah i i was definitely interested in it um it is a 50 dollars game like like msrp like the regular price still um, a lot. that's a lot it's still <laughs> a lot and then like even when it went on sale quote-unquote sale it was like 
I think it was like 33% off and it was still like 35 bucks. And I'm like, mm. I can I cannot, I cannot drop that kind of money on a game yet. Um, yeah. yeah. I have to wait for after Christmas and pray for steam cards. So that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the play right now. So just wait on that. Um, but that is kind of what I've, uh, I, I've taken away from this. It's something that I want to try just because it is a, uh, you know, it, it did win an award. It is it is a good. Um, but yeah, I feel like I, I haven't played enough or paid attention to the narrative enough to really give it that level of view or give a good take on it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it was also soured by just how poorly Marvel handled the Guardian, not the Guardians, the, the Avengers game that came out. And if people are still getting blowback from it right now. So um i mean they're 50 they're 50 percent on their their win record so far on games um best art direction also went to death loop uh i haven't played any of the other games i'm actually surprised though that it did beat the artful escape because i have seen some of the art direction in that game which was very good uh if you haven't seen the death loop stuff it's it's very like 1970s ish kind of design um i thought it was great it was colorful it was cool uh i I just did not expect it to actually win i'm really surprised that psychonauts 2 did not take that one that's Um, yeah that's another big one like that one's literally art direction the game um Mm -hmm. but I'm, i'm really surprised that it didn't squeak out that one at least best score went to near i haven't played any of the near games have you kevin uh i have not played any of the near games like um but i do know like the the soundtrack is definitely like a large orchestral like vibe to it i'm surprised that cyberpunk or artful escape didn't win best score in music because i know for cyberpunk they devoted a lot of money into like actually getting original songs and stuff into there and like getting a good soundtrack on there um the Artful Escape was a music game. So that's a little bit surprising that it didn't win. Uh, it's a little bit of a shame, but I'm sure Nier deserved the win. Like, I feel like those games are, it's a bullet hell kind of game, right? Yeah, it's like bullet hell yeah. dodge. Like, so I feel yeah, like for, so. for those games, like the music has to be good and epic without being too distracting, which is a very hard line to to find so the fact that they won just speaks testament to that they were able to do that um best audio design went to forza horizon 5 which i think this is the only one so far that i've i think i might have i I don't know if i've predicted it takes two to win game direction um but i did think forza horizon was going to win it because if they could get the car sounds right then i thought it was in the bag for them and i guess they did yeah, they made good vroom vroom noises, and uh, that's that's what got them. That speaking of audio design, like Kevin Overwatch speaking, mm-hmm. considering how much emphasis that they've put, and like obviously we haven't really heard too much of it already. We've only heard what they've shown us through like gameplay demos and stuff. But like, given everything that they're they're devoting to making the game sound better, do you? 
what's going to happen to them if they don't act if they don't even get nominated for best audio design yeah that's going to be a problem it's got to at least get nominated yeah um but winning it it really depends on who the competition is you never know there might be a game that's like literally like all ears or something like that where you just have Mm -hmm. to like you have to hear for certain things in order to react or something like that but yeah it it's going to be really interesting to see who gets this in the future but if they don't even get nominated, that's just going to be ridiculous considering how much how many resources they threw into that and how big they're, they're amping that up. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Oh, I got this one right too. Best performance. I said I thought it was either going to be um, Ozioama Akaga. I hope I, I, I butchered her name. Um, but it's uh, Juliana from Deathloop. Um but Maggie Robertson from Resident Evil Village won it for her portrayal of Lady Dimitrescu. So I thought those two were the 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 ones to beat, and Maggie Robertson took it. So congratulations to Nine Foot Tall Vampire Lady! Yay, big hats! Did you play the game, Kevin? I don't remember. Uh, I, asked you. I I watched people play the game, and I was uh, I I like floppy hats. Uh, <laughs> I just think that it's a it's a good aesthetic. And I was like, yeah. she's got a, she's got one of the biggest floppy hats and she can dunk. <laughs> so I was like, yep, those are the two, two boxes checked off for me. I think for me, like whenever I've played this resident evil and I played the one before it, um, it's like always the first, the first like area, first couple hours or so that are scariest. And then after that, it just becomes like a procedural kind of game. It's like stops being scary to me. Um, but I don't know, like Maggie Robertson as Lady Domitresk was not scary per se, but it was always just very nerve wracking when you like kind of round a corner and she's just there coming at you. Like, and, and for me, it was like a shame that she wasn't in the game longer, especially considering how much they, they hyped up her character. But I will say like for the time that she had, she did it very well. Games for Impact. So this is for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. Life is Strange, True Colors one. Um, I know the Life is Strange games have like a, a big following on social media and like, especially on Tumblr and Twitter. I've never played them. I have really have no idea what they are about. Kevin, do you have any insight into what Life is Strange is about? Uh, I think it's about a very strange life. Hmm. Um, I'm very good at this game. No, um, I haven't played them. Uh, my sister has, and I I haven't really touched the series. Um, a lot of people like the series, and it definitely has a following in terms of like messages that are sent through it. Um, so this one wasn't really like it, this wasn't a big surprise. Um, but I do wish before your eyes got it. It's just one of those ones that mm-hmm. you know it. It's very innovative in ter- it's innovative in terms of gameplay and it has really interesting like choices and meaning when you do play it so okay um, no spoilers like what it, what is the social impact or meaning that that you would get from before your eyes um it's more like uh god that is tough um it really does question what you stand for as a human um it makes you it makes you guess and like 
it makes it forces you into decisions of what would you do in this situation um and when you finally do make your choice um whichever one it is it helps you like throughout the entire story and it's really interesting to watch um and it, i mean it unfolds before your eyes no pun intended but it's a <laughs> it's a really good game in terms of that it's like and then the replayability of it is like you know okay i made this decision last time what if i do the opposite um or like what would i want to do if i did this instead um and i feel like that's a really interesting concept as well If I ever get a VR set, I need to play this game. It sounds fantastic. It's not for VR, honestly. Oh, it's not? Yeah, it's uh, it's just a Steam game. You just need a oh. webcam. That's the only thing that you need. Oh, well, I... does it work on Mac? Oh, I can check that right now, actually. Uh, let me... Before your eyes... So I have it downloaded. Um... It is. It's ten bucks. You could probably save and wait, um, until it goes on sale again. I got it for five, um, which is good. I don't know if you can play this on Mac. I it doesn't say, Sad you know, face. it doesn't have a Mac supported button. But then again, I can I can search that up real quick. <laughs> Oh, uh, it apparently does. You can't oh, play right. it on Mac. I will have to to look into that once I actually set up my new Mac. Yeah, it's definitely a game. Like, it's a game worth trying at least once. I did my my run on stream, and um, everybody who's watched that stream was like, "This is this is an amazing experience." And yeah, I thought it was a it, I thought it was a fun game. Um and once again Chikori was also a really fun game to look at in terms of like colors and gameplay wise. So um I'm glad that Life is Strange took it. I I know that a lot of people are on board with that and they tend to have really solid messaging. So um yeah, especially when it does come down to games for impact, I, I believe that was another popular one in the category. Best ongoing game went to Final Fantasy 14 online. I've never played Final Fantasy. Yeah, my uh yeah, Moo, one of the constant players in my uh Discord, plays this almost religiously. Um, <laughs> since he's also on the Blizzard ban kind of thing, he's like, Okay, I'm taking my World of Warcraft skills to Final Fantasy 14 online. Um, and yeah, he he's recently he's at my house right now, he's just He's chilling. He's over for the holiday season. Um, but he <laughs> he was like, yeah, I got to make sure to log in every day because we're going to have a there's what do you call them? There's an event going on. It's a, like you got to constantly get in. And, you know, it's very fitting that it wins best ongoing game and then mm -hmm. has a huge holiday update. So uh, yeah. very good on them. So two indie game awards. Um Kenna Bridge of Spirits won 
best indie game and best debut indie game. Hmm. That that's that's interesting how it took both of them. Um best indie for creative for outstanding creative and technical achievements in a game made outside of the traditional publisher system. So it's just like not a part of a yeah true company. Okay. Yeah, I I'm really surprised that kind of took both of them. I felt like there's a lot of like games on these um on this list that I mean I was pushing inscription pretty hard. Um not gonna lie, I like inscription a lot. Um Death Store and 12 Minutes are definitely other games that I've I have in my like have in my library. So I wonder if you know if kind of goes on sale, maybe that's another one I add to the wish list. But I played through um a lot of the other games and I'm I'm a little surprised but if it, it if it is a solid game you know I'll, I'll definitely take a shot at it later best mobile game went to Genshin Impact I didn't even know it was on mobile it, it is that is uh it's another place where it it lives but most people play it online just because of you know graphic settings it's right. a lot easier to get that and underway it can't be comfortable to play it on your on a game like that on your phone yeah, it's just the limitations on your phone. You don't really have a lot of options. But yeah, un- unfortunate, you know, Pokemon Unite could have won. But uh, yeah, I knew Genshin or, you know, Wild Rift was going to take it this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least Pokemon Unite was nominated. Yeah, hopefully we get something else in there, too. Like we get a we get a nice little gift or something from Unite. Yeah. Best community support also went to Final Fantasy XIV Online. I feel like that just goes hand in hand with best ongoing. Yeah, best community support is just because it's got like, it does have a big, you know, following. It does have a huge community um, playing the game every day. So, yeah, it's good that it has best ongoing and, and this one as well. Best VR AR went to Resident Evil 4. Kevin, I, I mean, you are you're the one who has who plays VR out of the two of us. So, have you what are, what are your thoughts on that one? I have not played Resident Evil Four. Um, I do not do good with the spooks, um, <laughs> but um, I did watch Lily Pichu play a couple hours of it. I think it's a solid game. Um, I really, uh, I am a huge. Uh, I expect you to die fan. Um, I thought, you know. A lot of these are just shooter games, unfortunately. Like, I hate to say it, but like, you know, Resident Evil 4, you shoot zombies. Sniper Elite, you shoot bad guys. Hitman 3, you shoot yeah. bad guys. Um, I believe Lone Echo. Let me just double check this. Um, Lone Echo is... Uh, what is it? It's a Ready Dawn game. Uh, zero gravity, grabbing, pushing environment stuff. So it's not quite a shooter. Um but it, it has like Mass Effect-esque vibes. Um, and like, I expect you to die is the only one that it, yeah, it does have a gun on occasion, but for the most part, it is like testing you the entire time. So um, I would have liked, I expect you to die once again, big fan of the games, would play test it 100%. Um, but yeah, you know, Resident Evil 4 definitely put in the effort for the marketing. So I think that, you know, it's going to take it. Um, innovation and accessibility went to Forza Horizon 5. Uh, I don't have a comment on this because I don't really, I don't need accessibility, uh, mod, uh, 
what is it? Not modifications. Um, accommodations. Uh, but it's good to see that they're like recognizing this as a category. Yeah, it's just making a game more accessible to people, and I really do think that that's that's helpful. Um, best action game went to Returnal, which is I, that was interesting. I I feel like I I I didn't want to pick this up because I feel like I would rage and just quit it like I did with Sekiro <laughs> because it's one of those games that is known for being infuriatingly hard sometimes. Um, but good for Returnal. I mean, I can't really comment because I haven't played most of the only one on this list I've played is Deathloop. Uh, which was a good action game. Um, but I guess Returnal was better in the critics or the voters' eyes. Yeah, it's... Uh, I haven't played any of these. Uh, I'm not, you know, huge into the action genre. Um, but yeah, congrats to Returnals for, for taking that. Best action adventure game went to Metroid Dread, which... I don't know if I agree with that one. I think I think I personally I enjoyed Resident Evil Village more than Metroid Dread. I'm still I need to find time to beat the final boss on Metroid Dread. Um, but honestly, I feel like Village was a better action adventure game. Yeah, and once again, this is another category that Psychonauts Two is in, and it didn't take it. So we're Psychonauts. Uh, really unfortunate. Just like to them, like they must have been thinking like we have to at least win one award just based on the sheer number of nominations they got, and then to not win any of them is just, that's sad. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. Um, Tales of Arise won for best RPG, beating out Monster Hunter, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei, and Cyberpunk. Uh, I think this is a big accomplishment because, not I mean, not, not beating Cyberpunk because anyone could beat Cyberpunk, um, <laughs> as much as I loved it. But like I know that these other games were like, very well loved by the gaming community so for tales to arise to beat out the other ones is a big accomplishment um, yeah i know that a lot of people are a fan of the tales games so um the fact that it's got a that it took it this year especially over like shin megami tensei and, and monster, monster hunter, hunter. monster yeah, Hunter has it, a was like big when it first came out i know everyone was into that i know friends yeah. who still play it too um best fighting game went to guilty gear mm-hmm kind of called that <laughs> I mean, you literally had a meme that, that circulated the internet about a certain pose done by a character. So, kind of expect that to, uh, to kind of take off. Also, you know, Arc System Works just does a really good job of, like, making fighting games. So, I, I'm very glad that, you know, Guilty Gear took it. I mean, my my first fighting game experience was Blaze Blue, which is not a very you know, beginner friendly game, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I, I'm very glad that, you know, they, they kind of take what they're good at and like specialize in it and make it so fun for everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not on this list and it's an older game, but a, a game for me that like is surprisingly hard and not beginner friendly for a fighting game is Skullgirls. Mm -hmm. It's difficult because the controls are, are not intuitive at all. Yeah. And it follows the same, uh, button layout scheme as uh it's like street fighter where it has like light medium hard uh punch mechanics so i mean i picked up Skullgirls when it first came out and i played um 
what do you call it? I used to main Valentine and Squiggly when she when mm-hmm. she came out. Um, but yeah, that was one of the first games that like my friends were like, get a fight stick. You're gonna have to learn how to use stick eventually. I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> but definitely hard. Best family game went to it takes two, not surprisingly. Um I, I would say it's surprising to win this category. Okay. Um, okay. It's fair. Because it is best family game and it takes two is a like, yeah, it's about a family, but like uh it's more of a like you can't bring your entire family in to play it takes two. It's like you're playing with two people. Like mm-hmm. um I mean like the, the criteria was best game appropriate for family play. So if like multiple people want to play it together. I guess yeah. that's what they're saying. Yeah, but I, I would have definitely thought it would be like Super Mario 3D World, where it has, you know, you have the option of going up to four. Right. Um, or you know, Mario Party, because like, you know, that you can throw as right. many people on there as possible. Um, but yeah, I really do think that one of those two could have taken it, but it takes two, yeah, I get it. It's a family game. It's the um, only Nintendo game that was nom that wasn't it was the only game that wasn't Nintendo that was nominated for the category and it won. Yeah, so uh, rip Nintendo. Best sports racing game went, of course, to Forza Horizon Five, which I could, I think, I, I think that was a shoe in, honestly. Yeah, I mean, uh, we can't go back in time and give it to Garfield's Furious Racing or anything. So, yeah, Forza Horizon Five is definitely going to take this. Um, only a couple categories left. Best sim strategy game was Age of Empires 4. I don't play sim strategy games, so I have literally no input on this one. I mean, I've the only thing I played on this list was Inscription once again. Um, but it just says real-time or turn-based strategy games. Um, and yeah, Inscription is a very fun card game. So um, I, I would, if you guys are into getting spooked a little bit, maybe jostled a bit, that's what uh, Inscription is good at. But Age of Empires definitely has that, you know, RTS like name to it. You see Age of Empires and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, best multiplayer game went to, not surprisingly, it takes two because, you, like you said, Kevin, you kind of have to play multiplayer to get the full experience, right? Yeah, you can't play it takes two by yourself because that's just sad. Um, it's called it takes two. Yeah, it, it takes two uh different computers to play it takes two so you i mean you can't play it takes two with yourself but that's just real sad um so i'm glad that it went to it takes two here um i could also see monster hunter rise or new world because both of those games definitely have this huge following behind it um and yeah i'm I'm also i'm very surprised that it takes two took a lot of these awards um compared to you know other ones that were in the same category you know yeah um content creator of the year was dream yeah dream has been uh yeah uh, around the community definitely i I don't really have a lot to say about a ton of these guys but uh congrats to content creator of the year best esports athlete was oleksandr simple kostiliev I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Yeah, oh. Simple deserves it. He he finally got his W. He won his tournament. 
Um, Simple is one of those guys uh, from the Counter-Strike scene. Um, he's been there forever, and he finally gets his dub. So uh, congrats to Simple uh, for, for getting that. I'm, I'm very glad that he did. Um, and, yeah, uh, it, it just shows that, you know, putting in the time and effort really does pay off eventually. Best esports coach is Kim Koma Jong-un. Yeah, I don't I don't remember where this guy's from, but uh, uh congrats to him. Like yeah. definitely like as an esports coach, I feel like this is one of the harder things to like put your finger on, but it's definitely it's all about guiding the players in what they do best and like figuring out like what the hive mind should be. Um and it's really important for that. So uh, definitely look up to all these coaches. Good, try to try to take some notes here and there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully we get to see more of these in the future. Best esports event is the 2021 League of Legends World Championship. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to have V Flight work that and come back and show me all the fun stuff that they did on it. Um, but like, yeah, their stage was insane. Like they have they had a crazy amount of um work and effort that they put into uh making the stage look good play testing everything um and yeah i'm very glad that they they have that it's definitely one that uh v could put on the resume now um best esports game was going along with this league of legends yeah this, this one's interesting i thought it would go to valorant this year um yeah because it you know it is a newer game there's a lot of people behind it but it had you know, a kind lot of, of keeping excitement it, behind it yeah it, it was kind of the it i guess to say it, it's like best quarantine game ever would be valorant it's one of those ones that got everybody involved um and yeah league of legends definitely worked at it too so uh yeah it, it's very very good um, best esports team is Natus Vincere. I think how you, how do you is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, uh, Natus Vincere. Natus Vincere. Or... The the short term for that everybody is Navi. So yeah. uh yeah, you could just say Navi there. Um once <laughs> I don't again, pay attention to CSGO. It's all good. That's a that's a CSGO winner. Um I, I would have, you know, once again, like all these teams did really well. I, I was rooting for Team Spirit, but you know, they they did Dota. Um that nobody really unfortunately doesn't pay attention to those so uh yeah rip <laughs> um this one surprised me most anticipated game was elden ring yeah that i i, I know that oh you you don't know elden ring no i know what it is but it's like i'm not sure how like the souls heads really beat out everyone who loved legend of zelda breath of the wild to to beat out the sequel for its for the most anticipated yeah it's probably because like they have a lot of like really solid trailers and i know a lot of people are excited to get beat up a lot um so i could i could see how elden ring kind of squeaked this by um i I definitely would agree with you that you know breath of the wild sequel would have been another one to look out for but um yeah, I, I get it. Uh, Souls heads definitely wanted to see this, and and they got it. 
Well, continuing on with, well, first off, congrats to all the winners and the nominees. Um, but another thing that came out of the Game Awards is a lot of reveals of things that are, are to come. Um, let me see, where did I put that? I had, okay. Um, so here's like, have you seen any, uh, what am I trying to say? So given all the trailers that we've seen, Kevin, like out of what you've seen, what are you anticipating the most coming from the next year in gaming or maybe next? I mean, I, these are, should be coming out all next year, but out of what you've seen in the, the trailers and stuff, what are you looking forward to? Um, I, I, okay. Heads up. I'm not a, not a, not a soul's head. So, uh, unfortunately Elden Rings is not on that list. Um, some of them are pretty meme that I was like, okay, yeah, this is pretty funny. Um, Among Us VR? I know, Among Us VR. That was one that I was like, uh, I guess. I mean, I'll give it a shot. I'll give Among Us VR a shot. Um, I just don't know how it plays, you know? Um, especially if I want to run around and, uh, you know, hit things with my actual hands. Um, how far down vents can I go, you know? um mm-hmm. is that is that allowed and how crazy can it get you know yeah. um so that's uh that's something i am looking forward to um checking out um speaking of soul stuff also uh cuphead Ooh, i am yeah. down to look at that uh, um i have cuphead it's hard but it's like it's adorable it's one of the, so i keep playing it yeah i love I the art style i, I love the music it. um even though I haven't beat the whole game completely. Um, a lot of people are telling me to play it on stream so they can watch me rage. And I think that is the <laughs> correct play. So it will be in the future, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, if, if I'm in a mood to, you know, completely get destroyed, I will, uh, I will load that in. Um, there are, there's one that I don't think was at the game awards, but they, they released the trailer closer to the time of the game awards um it was uh the sequel to plague tale innocence mm. um it's the rat one right it's the rat one it's the one about the rats during the black plague um i just watched a friend play through the first one i just watched like just parts of it um because i have it and i need to play through it as well um but people are saying like oh yeah it was a it was a good game it has a lot of really good story elements so Really surprised to see what they pull out on the next run. I think for me, I'm re- I've been looking forward to Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Uh, Wonder Woman was a surprise to me. Uh, that should be coming from the same people who did uh, Shadow of War, the Middle Earth ones, um, which essentially just copied the Batman games. So if we're getting like an Arkham-like wonder woman game that sounds fantastic um senua saga like the hellblade game i'm so excited for because i played the first one it was amazingly immersive it was really good um the second one just looks like more of the same so i'm excited for that and i now have it's coming tomorrow but i will have an xbox to actually play it um and tiny tina's wonderland i was telling kevin it's like this one's actually going to be rated T, which is weird for like a Borderlands game because a lot of the humor is more adult. So I'm wondering if by dialing it down, it might affect like the story and the writing. 
Or maybe they try to make it as raunchy as possible and they're just like, oh, it's not raunchy enough compared to <laughs> today's M games. It's only fair that we make it T. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess that, that might have been the call too. Well, if you are excited for anything or if you have any thoughts on the Game Award winners, let us know. Um, in the meantime, Kevin, what's new with Pokemon Unite, which was nominated but did not win? Yeah, um, lots of Pokemon Unite updates. Um, as you know, that I am uh, I'm on that grind all day, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> unfortunately and fortunately. Um, but yeah, let's start out with the Christmas event. There's a new Christmas event for Pokemon Unite um, called the Illumination Challenge. Um, the Illumination Challenge, essentially, you do dailies. You get these like light orbs, and then you fill up your tree. Um, you end up getting prizes and stuff like that the higher up you climb the tree. Um, and everybody is kind of hitting a big question mark on uh, Pokemon Pokemon Unite considering that Illumination Challenge just because there is a... The, the first goal that you get, right? Mm-hmm. The first item that you get from the pass is a one-day trial of Alolan Ninetales. And if you think about it, this is a very this is the thing that a lot of people are like talking about um, in the Unite scene. It's you get Alolan Ninetales day two, like in your 14 day like startup like thing where you get free characters and stuff like that. Literally day two is Alolan Ninetales. Hmm. So what am I supposed to do with this one day pass for <laughs> for a character that I already have and why would I why would you even give us this right um that is one thing that a lot of players are like why is this even a thing um a lot of people were really confused about that and I am equally confused about that um moving on we we have cool skins coming out you know they don't cost as much as $40 which is really good um but we have Pikachu and Crustle who have holiday skins um Pikachu, when he recalls, like, gets in a sled, flies off. Pretty cool. Uh, Crustle, I, I don't know why it's called the layered cake thing. I get it. It's sedimentary rock, and it looks like a layered cake, but it's on a it's on a crab. Uh, we're not going to eat that. Um, <laughs> the the other costumes that are coming out are Cramorant, uh, Cramorant, Mr. Mime, and Snorlax all get chef skins, which are things that I am looking for. Uh, chef Snorlax is definitely... A vibe um so i i want that um unite also announced that dragonite is coming to the game um they they announced the uh the trailer earlier and the funny thing is that they um they let us know and they had a typo on their on their um twitter and it was like eleven nineteen, and i was like wait we have to wait an entire year to get dragonite and they're like, no, no, no. We mean we we meant twelve nineteen. That's our bad. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, a um, couple more days, and then we get that. C- pretty cool, if you ask me. Um, and then yeah, there's a new map skin. So the regular Pokemon Unite five on five gameplay mode. There is a new one where it the entire skin is frosted. They have um, different Pokemon in the mid lane. And um, instead of farming like Combi, you're farming Bear Tick. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other like extra changes. The big one being um, instead of Zapdos, it's Articuno. 
does the same thing at the end of the game. So it doesn't really change too much, but it's just something else that people have to think about. And um, especially when it comes to playing this and uh, the new mode, if you guys loved the uh, Halloween event one where you get turned into a pumpkin whenever you get frozen, uh, you're going to absolutely love this one too. Yay. Uh, This one, instead of turning you into a pumpkin, When you die, you just freeze in place and you turn into a snowman and you get to pose. So So you're essentially May. Yeah, you're you're just frozen in place and you get to you get to dance around a little bit. So yeah, that's uh that was something that we had to deal with. But um yeah, Pokemon Unite definitely there's gonna be more updates uh moving forward. There was a bug with Cramorant where (laughs) Cramorant could dive and then become invincible like things would run away from him hmm. um and would be untouchable so instead of disabling the character which they really should have done uh they they said oh we we have see, we see the problem we're here to address it and i think it was earlier today that they they said oh yeah we've we've patched cramorant we fixed it so like okay cool but yeah uh it, it's kind of crazy Maybe I, I maybe I will pick up the game again. <laughs> it, it's I worth a shot, forever. but I liked it. But I, I wouldn't just say I haven't had time. Yeah, it's uh, I, I make time for dailies, which is uh, it's kind of a pain, but it is a fun uh, activity to do. Play Pokemon Unite, guys. Make it a make it a, a game that can possibly win like best ongoing next year. Yeah, um, and I, I think with a couple updates and uh. I I don't want to say it's their Twitter, but they just need to update it a little bit more, promote their esports scene a little bit more. Uh, if you need a social media manager, um, hi. Uh, but yeah, just, just just work on promoting your esports scene. You'll you'll get more people, and for sure, get nominated for best ongoing later on. So to move on to the Blizzard stuff, let's just get the the awful things out of the way, shall we? Um, So Blizzard in an email was revealed to have discouraged its employees from forming a union. Um, Let me bring up the story. Okay, there it is. Um, In an email sent out from Activision executive Brian Bulatow. Um, He urged the employees of Blizzard against forming a union, and then this was leaked out to the press, of course, because it was. Um, And in this email, he, he told the staff to, quote, consider the consequences of partnering with the communications workers of America. Um, And even though it's very clear that Blizzard doesn't know what they're doing right now, that they clearly don't have their employees' best interests at heart, um, Blizzard would like their employees to not go to a union and just solve the issue internally, which is obviously not going to happen because it hasn't happened at this point, and they're just stumbling and and just making mistake after mistake after mistake right now and they're like literally every move that blizzard does just buries them deeper and deeper into this awful pit that they just i don't think they're really going to get out of 
for at least maybe a couple of years. I don't know if maybe they'll ever dig their way out of it because of just how low they keep sinking. But unions are important for anyone who really doesn't understand what a union is. It's like, to the best of my knowledge, and Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, what a union does is it's it's a group of workers or essentially just a group of people who are in the same kind of field or profession who band together to collectively negotiate for better wages, better working conditions, and to kind of set the terms of their employment in ways that are favorable to the workers and the members of the union. Um, in a lot of industries, unions are more or less required for when you become professional, like in film, like you really, if you really want to work in the industry, you kind of have to be part of the unions. Um, it's like the Directors Guild of America, the Writers Guild of America, the Screen Actors Guild of America. You kind of have to be part of those things in order to kind of really participate in the jobs because the, the working conditions are important uh, and undercutting the unions just makes it more difficult for everybody. Uh, I had uh, one of my best friends, Nick, he used to work for Sam's Club, which is owned by Walmart. And in there, and, and, and John Oliver honestly just did a, a video on this. So watch it if you haven't seen it yet. But great piece. That's a fantastic piece. It really shows why unions are important. But in, in Sam's Club, and keep in mind that pretty much everyone in that room, except for Nick, did not have a college degree. Or my my buddy Nick went to UCLA with me, and he graduated with a degree in history. But he was in the meantime, while finding a job, he worked for Sam's Club for a little bit just to make some extra money. Um, and they tried to convince the workers that unions were a bad thing, and then they would that somehow joining a union would strip them of their rights and make their their jobs harder, which is literally the opposite of what the unions have done historically like the only reason we have weekends is because of unions the only reason we don't have child workers is because of unions the only reason we have a lot of protections that we do like a minimum wage and things like that is because of the work that unions have done it's why we have the day the the day off in america called labor day we're celebrating the work that these unions did to make sure that people who work have protections um and now Blizzard is here saying, hey, don't do that. We'll, we promise we'll do right by you, even though they've clearly demonstrated that they cannot and will not do that. Yeah, they definitely just need to, they just need to stop. Like, I have no other way of saying it. Like, bro, just, just stop. Get some help. Uh, we We don't need this too much, you know, just... Right, right. You you have to right your wrongs, and right now, you're you're burying yourself deeper, deeper into into crap, and uh, you're just gaining less trust from your uh, from your fan base. So, yeah, it it doesn't need to be this way. Just just fix your shit. And it's like there's also the the push for esports players to also form a union of their own to protect. Mm-hmm their their own rights and working conditions um i'm not sure where this have you heard anything about like that kind of movement kevin because i know it's been a while since really anything has come out out of that right 
Yeah, it's it's been kind of under the radar, but it is something that um, I feel like a lot of people should be paying attention to. We just don't have like a hard set rule on that yet, you know? Um, I would I would like there to be a union for the players and um, try to figure out how to how to better, you know, the working conditions for them. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see if it does go through, what are, what are they going to work on and what are they going to do? You know, mm-hmm. at this point, blizzard employees just need to hold the line and be firm and not take anything less than what they demand, because what they're demanding is absolutely reasonable. Blizzard really messed up here. And literally every attempt that they've made at damage control just makes it worse. So Blizzard just needs to just own up to their own mistakes, stop trying to protect themselves, and just do what's right by the employees. That's the only thing that's really going to save you at this point, is doing right by the employees and just admitting you were wrong. But enough of the sad thing. Or what I mean... This next one's not sad per se, but it's unfortunate. Um, The winter event was quote unquote delayed due to unforeseen circumstances. We don't know what those are. Maybe there's trouble rendering the skins, maybe trouble with an update or whatever, but um, the winter event is officially going to start tomorrow, December 16 and going to go till um, January 6th, three Kings day, which is the official end of Christmas. Um, It was supposed to happen on Tuesday, but, did not we have three skins revealed so far we've got the sleigh ride diva which is just diva in a her mecha is like the santa sleigh arisa reindeer which i think everyone has fallen in love with so far and then the final one is the the frost genji am i is that correct yeah the frost genji frost genji which it looks really cool i don't play genji i'm terrible at genji but it's a good skin to get if you do like genji yeah, I like it as well. I really do wish. I, I want it eventually, but I don't know if they'll ever give it to us. Um, I want, you know, cardboard mech diva. But like if it is a Christmas one where you just put like gift wrap on it, I would be 100% down for that. Um, Patchy Mari gift wrap on, on a diva box mech. Ooh, there there you go. Um, just Just made your holiday idea. But yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what else, what other skins they decide to put in the game. Um, I definitely don't want to accidentally, you know, put in too much input um, so I don't get disappointed. But overall, I do think it's a really interesting concept. And uh, I hope that they they can lock down whatever other skins they're going to reveal to us uh, between now and the 16th. So mm-hmm. um yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Hopefully we get a couple more emotes, some, some highlight you know, intro videos. We, we'll see. I want one that's Sigma and he's throwing snowballs at people. Well, I, it, I need- it's just like ugly oh. sweater uncle Sigma where yes. he's just, he's just out there. Sweater. Yeah, and he just throws a big snowball. And uh, uh, yeah, there, there you go. I'm a I, genius, I guys. We just, we just need to talk to the art directors at, at blizzard yeah. be like get get this get this made see my my original concept was just snowballs throwing people but now the ugly sweater has to be part of it because that makes it just just 
I can't see Sigma wearing anything other than an ugly sweater in this concept. Ugly He's got to be wearing like socks earmuffs. too, like really ugly socks. socks or like yeah. or Christmas stockings. Yeah, something like that. I just I don't want to see his toes. Yeah, uh, I I don't. Do you think they're gonna give us like a new variation of the winter modes, or is it just gonna be same as ever? Uh, probably yeah. You know, snowball offensive probably is coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't Yeti know hunt. what else we would hunt. Yeah, a Yeti hunt is probably coming back too. I don't know what other game modes they can do festively. They could um, do like a skate racing with Lucio's skate. Well, now with the May update too, maybe Overwatch May Skater. That would be fun, but I mean, Blizzard doesn't do what we like them to. Yeah, I would like that though. That would be a that would be fun and be different, honestly. Um, a new comic did come out this week. Um, Overwatch New Blood number two. It's on the Blizzard website, or not the Blizzard, the Overwatch website to read under their their lore section, their stories and comics. Um, this one it's continuing the story of um coca-cola casserola trying to get the band back together to go back to overwatch says it takes place after the echo short um they do call him cole in this the the comic so that is now officially lore and it's like it never was the other name um but and if you don't want this spoiled just hum to yourself for the next maybe two minutes and don't listen but it's uh far and on finally meet up. I feel like based on their interactions, Farin knows that Anna's been alive. She's like not surprised that she's dead. Um no, she's not surprised that she's not dead. She's just very disappointed that she like never came. They have a little bit of tense mother-daughter trouble or whatever. Um, but in the end, I think I feel like Farah has forgiven her and she's just like, Okay, you're alive now. That's good. Good to see you. And then she leaves. So when Coca-Cola Cowboy Man offers Far the the opportunity to join Overwatch, she's like she's not sure because she's doing her best to defend Egypt against talent and stuff and and the bad folks. But I mean, we all know she's going to join Overwatch. We've seen her in the promotional like footage that they've shown already, so it's not a big surprise that she's going to join. Uh, but the next issue is going to have Baptiste in it, so. That should be interesting to see how he ties into the actual members of Overwatch because he was a member of Talon before. Yeah, that's going to be a really interesting like piece to look at, and that's definitely a story that everybody wants to dive into. Like, how did you know? How do you flip sides, mm-hmm. and how do you how to get everything to work? So, um, yeah, we'll see. See, this is the kind of comic we needed instead of the Tracer London calling one. We needed something different like this. Yeah, something that's not as predictable, but giving us something that's fun to fun to check out, you know? For the next comic or a short story, Kevin, what what would you want to see? Uh can we get a uh can we get a party Thor episode with like Torbjorn <laughs> and uh and Reinhardt? Is that an option? Can we ask for that? <laughs> like that would be fun. Uh, I, I feel like we need a serious change of pace, and I feel like that would be a good one to do. Um, I I would also like 
and I don't know. I feel like the stories that we've tackled so far in in Overwatch are pretty like this is the the backstory of this character. Uh, enjoy it. This is what we're supposed to see and feel, right? Um, like whenever you know the cowboy comes up on screen, you know it's supposed to have a western vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to see more on Divas Squad too. I feel like that's another oh, one yeah. that you could always dive into, um, and especially if you want to like say, okay, yeah, they're coming in the near future. Uh, we might have that as an option. Um, especially in the future. I mean, what I don't remember how many rangers or whatever there were in the game, but if they do have uh that as an option where they have you know characters coming in, um it it would be really fun to see. I think for me, I would love to see, like you said, the the diva squad say what they're up to and like get to know those other um pilots mm-hmm. i think the other one that i would like to see is uh the adventures of ryan and brigitte just see what they've yeah. been up to we got a little bit of them like a while ago but like what are they up to now where reinhardt is rocking this big flowing beard i want to see that just not just because i'm a ryan main but it'd be fun or something with sigma too not also also not because I'm a Sigma main, but I think we need need more lore from him. But I'm happy. I mean, always more lore. Yeah, the Zenyatta lore. Obviously, we'll, we'll eventually get that. We got a little bit. We finally got a little bit for him with the Symmetra story. But also, we could always use more. Speaking of of getting more information lore in Overwatch Two, the Overwatch Two art book or the Overwatch art book Part Two is being teased again. Um, we talked about this like last, like literally a, a, almost a year ago, because that's when it was like being teased, I believe. Because remember when we thought that Overwatch Two was going to come out this year, Kevin? Remember that? Yeah, we we thought we we thought. Um, but like around, I guess this time last year, we talked about the book being teased. It would have a sneak peek of Overwatch Two coming out. Um. At this point, honestly, like at first I was excited to kind of to pre-order this book and get it. I don't know if I feel that same excitement now just because one of all the delays and all the trouble that Overwatch 2 has had, I feel like a lot of the hype really has done down. And I don't know if whatever teases that they're going to bring to Overwatch 2 are going to um, are going to, to to justify the purchase of this book. Um What was I saying? Oh, also, and also the funny thing is, is like obviously Blizzard like really can't be um can't be bothered to pre to like check their social posts because like on on the the video it says it's available now, but everywhere else it says pre-order. So Blizzard honestly just you you gotta you got i know that you're in the the throes of trouble right now and and continuing to throw your employees under the bus but also you gotta you gotta proofread your stuff i'm not the best at proofreading um but i don't mess up that badly yeah this book is 50 dollars and it comes out on the, the 28th of december so that's kind of unfortunate um if you're gonna give somebody 
an Overwatch book, you want to do it before the holiday uh, or you give gifts. Uh, so that's kind of unfortunate. But yeah, the, definitely proofread your stuff. Don't say pre-order and then available now in the video. That's very confusing. Um, but honestly, like, I don't know if anything that Blizzard can do at the moment besides repair like everything that's gone wrong in their you know in their company will change the fact that like people will buy this book or not you know mm-hmm. it's it's more like you, you got to fix the name blizzard you got to make that you know company name synonymous with making good games again and not you know the dumpster fire that it currently is so right. please fix your game and then we'll consider buying this book when it's you know marked up to 70 bucks in like two years honestly what i'll probably do is if i see it in a store like barnes and noble i'll like just flip to the overwatch 2 section and then read it and then tell you all what the overwatch 2 stuff is so that none of us really need to buy it unless you want to yeah i i would also wait until you know nobody buys it and it goes on sale True, um, that true. could also be an option. Uh, half price books in two years, also an option. Uh, so <laughs> not bashing on the book completely, but just saying like that's something that you can. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we looking forward support to the artists who like didn't do anything wrong, but also Blizzard itself is wrong. Yeah, it's just like I, I like, you know, all the art that comes out of it. I feel like a lot of like i feel like the art is good and i want to support the artists individually if i if i could but yeah just the company itself is just mcbad yeah so for our next bit of news and i think this is actually our last bit of like formal news for the week uh we have a returning player to the overwatch scene coming from of all places the valorant space so Kevin, you know more about Valorant and and those players than I do. So why don't you take this bit of news instead of me? Yeah, this is a very interesting story um, that I wanted to bring up. So a lot of players kind of knew about Patifan uh, for a little bit. He is a uh, Thai player who played for the LA Gladiators and actually has joined the Gladiators. Um, Let me let me. Yeah, so. In August of 2020, he actually announced his retirement from the league, um, saying that he wasn't really feeling it, like he wasn't really passionate about it. Um, and he transitioned to Valorant, where he he played for a while. He played he played a lot of a uh, Valorant, and then yeah, on the 20 on December 15th of this year, which was yeah, uh, pretty pretty recently, uh, he came out of retirement and said like, hey, you know what? I found the joy for the game again, and uh, I'm glad that he is here again. Um, but one of the one of the things that's really like big about this, he was on Team Thailand in the 2018 Overwatch World Cup, um, and when he was, you know, in 2018, he was 15, so he really didn't have, you know, a huge chance to make his breakout into the Overwatch League. He was really young um, when he would have, you know, signed his contract um but yeah i think now that he is older and he's gotten a little bit more experience he knows like what he likes about the game he 
definitely like deserves a spot on a roster. How did he perform in Valorant? Um, I can check that actually. Let me uh, let me see how he did there. Trying to figure out where his previous teams were. I don't know. If there was a way to swap over to that. Um. Oh, I probably have to. Okay, I know. I know what I got to do. Hold on. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Um. So Potifan in Valorant, um, played for uh, X10 Crit. He was a um. He was a solid team. He went from winning a bunch of like. I I believe they have a tier system of like yeah what kind of tournaments they are. So his team won a couple of C tiers. Placed all right, like second and third place in a couple B tier. Won their first uh, B tier tournament, which was ESL Thailand. Uh, the ESL Thailand Championships in 2020. Um, and then ended up going all the way to VCT, which is the Valorant Championship Tournament um, for the Southeast Asia region in stage two. Um, and yeah, ended up actually playing during this, you know, final push that Valorant had at the end of the year um on on X10 uh he was knocked out you know fifth through eighth place he placed on that team but he did pretty well he was a duelist he played uh Jet Reyna and uh Raze as his main characters and yeah he definitely showed that like he has that like drive to you know land headshots and pop off uh when needed so it's really interesting that he swapped back over that that is one thing that like it it's two different mindsets when you're playing these games and playing both of them and watching players play both of them they can really attest to that whole thing right so to, to kind of follow that thread that you've brought up um it is notable because as far as we know he is really the first pro player to move from the valorant scene to the overwatch scene professionally so i mean do you think those skills are going to to translate do you think he's going to be successful considering he's been away from the game for so long um and and like like you've said many times like overwatch is a much faster game than valorant is and valorant's a lot more methodical whereas like overwatch is a lot of like very fast fights get in get out and and just we all know how overwatch plays um but yeah, what do you think about his chances for success? And like, depending on how he performs, do you think this might actually encourage other Valorant players to maybe try to transition to Overwatch, or is this just like a one-off? This is a lot of questions I'm throwing at you. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to catch all of them at the same time. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. I got I got two hands and uh, a, a lot of hand space. You have a lot of brain cells. So yeah. So the way how I see this is the characters that he did play when he was in the contenders Korea scene um, were Tracer, Widow, Farah, Doom, and Genji. So he was a DPS player then. Uh, tracking was never probably a problem for him. He knew how to land his shots. Um, before he retired, he he actually placed first in Korean contenders season one, week four um, in twenty yeah in twenty twenty. Um, and yeah, that was his last tournament was in May of 2020. Um, so he, it, it was that whole thing of like, he knew 
how to like land shots. He knows that that's something that's in his wheelhouse essentially. Um, and then by the time that he actually switched over to Valorant, um, it just became more of like, okay, I could place my crosshair here. I know how this works. I know how they're going to swing. And it's more of, once again, it's more of a slow paced brain methodical game when it comes to, uh, when it comes to Valorant, it's a lot slower tempo versus like when you play Overwatch, you're like flicking around, you're moving. It's a, it's a movement shooter. There's no like inaccuracy when you move. So that's something that like a lot of players, like it takes a long time to transition back and forth between those two. Um, if we see the gap between his last Overwatch performance to his first Valorant performance, it was actually like three months. So he left in May, the late May, and then started off in the beginning of August is when he played his first tournament. So I do feel like these are things that will transfer over. I feel like they, the events and like the, I guess the muscle memory and like the crosshair placement, stuff like that is all going to translate back over to Overwatch. It's just a matter of getting used to the speed again. Um, and as a DPS player, that is definitely something that's the, the aim is not going to be the issue. The aiming down sights, landing headshots, all that stuff is not going to be an issue. The issue is going to be the mental like speed of the game. And if it does take him three months, I mean, he's got well over three months to readjust. Um, so I do think that this is going to be a really interesting case. And I feel like it's going to be really interesting to see if other players from tier three or other like lower tiers of Valorant end up coming back to Overwatch because they could potentially get a better. How can I say it? A They'll have a more stable like income because they do pay salary in in the Overwatch League. So it might be that or it could be. Like, hey, you know what? It's kind of slow. Maybe I need an up-tempo game. It's like, how can I describe it? Like, Valorant is like playing American football, right? Like, there are moments where there's action all the time, and that's like, you know, when the ball is snapped and the quarterback has it and he's like, you know, looking around, everybody, everything's moving all at the same time, right? Um, right. And then it's all over when the ball touches the ground, somebody gets tackled, right? Like, that's how... Valorant kind of works. It's like it's very slow until somebody looks at somebody else, and then there's like gunfight everywhere. Um, a couple or like the timer runs low, and then everybody's doing something all at the same time. It's a lot easier to follow in that pace. But I feel like um when when it comes to the speed of Overwatch, it's more like basketball, where it's like there are no breaks in the action. The only time when there is a break mainly is like when teams are resetting which is like a free throw or a timeout or something like that um and there's very few breaks there is an ebb and flow obviously to the game but it's less stagnant and that is something that like you know i still enjoy about overwatch it's like you're constantly moving there's like mm-hmm. like cool your team is dead okay we regroup and push again like that's something that is like timing wise that is something that's very unique Meanwhile, like Valorant is like, okay, we have to wait for all of us to die or we have to kill all of the other team. And then we have to, you know, do X, Y, and Z before we could initiate the next step of the game. And 
it it's more action. There's more stuff going on in Overwatch, and I I do love that aspect of it. So it's gonna take a little bit of getting used to. I understand if there's like there is gonna be some growing pains, and Pativan is definitely gonna be one of those players who we're gonna look at and be like, okay, he's the one player who went back from Valorant to Overwatch. How will this translate over to you know Overwatch and will this become the trend of okay let's say if your team isn't doing well in valorant maybe you start leaving to go and play something else one of the things that i i thought of just now is is what is the the process or like headspace of transitioning from one game to another like retiring from like valorant and moving to overwatch like do you have to do you do that with a team already giving you an offer or do you just kind of go for it and, and hope for the best when you announce that you want to switch back to the game, like what if he does this and then no Overwatch team wants him? I mean, obviously the Gladiators did because they signed him, but like, what if he did that without? What if he announced this without an offer in mind, or or without an offer like already in hand? Like, how does how does this whole transitioning from different games and to different leagues and different esports work? I mean, historically, like we've seen players who are like, okay, I want my contract to end. And then they go and they shop themselves and say like, hey, you know what? I want to go back to this game or I want to be a part of this space. Here's my highlight reel from this league. Um, and you just kind of send that out as a feeler and see like where where it kind of goes from there. Um, it's really interesting that Patifan went literally from VT, uh, VCT, which is, you know, the championship series, um, getting knocked out fifth like literally this was on December 9th. So uh literally like last week. He last week he lost last week and then he was like, "Okay, I'm going back to Overwatch." And he kind of made that I I don't even think I heard the announcement of like, "Okay, I'm done." Or maybe he had his contract like finish off there and said, "Okay, you know what? Maybe I do want to make the decision to come back." And so that is something that we all want to look forward to and just see like, okay, where can you transfer those skills over? And I understand like that is <laughs> like for some people, like those things don't necessarily trans transition over. Like, I mean, if you want to look in like the really weird, obscure part of it, like you look at where Gamsu is right now, like Gamsu went from playing Overwatch or you went from playing League professionally to playing Overwatch. Then going back to league. So it's a lot of really interesting, like you can't really transfer like Overwatch game footage to League of Legends uh at all, really. Um, so it's gonna be really interesting to see like this one's a little bit more like one for one. Like there are things that you can take from Valorant gameplay that that you can transition over to Overwatch, but they are two completely different games, and it's gonna be once again, I've been saying this a lot, but it is going to be kind of like a test case to see what Patifan can do coming from the Valorant space back into the Overwatch space. And yeah, it's definitely going to be something interesting to keep an eye out for. What is the uh, the Thai esports scene like? Because I mean, I think he's the first Thai esports player that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm not aware of everybody in the esports scene, but I mean... Typically, when you see an esports player from Asia, they're either from China or from Korea. You don't really like even see very many in the Overwatch space, even like very many Japanese players. We only have like a couple 
like Tayo and, and maybe a couple other people, right? Yeah, we only had a couple. And I'm I'm looking at the page right now, but there's um it's just like teams list of Thai players, and it's just like uh it, it's a lot of people who I haven't heard of, but I definitely mm-hmm. know that they have like there's a couple of people who are on like one specific organization, they all work together. Um I feel like it's gonna be really interesting to see who comes out of this region and this is one of those things where like regionality, like it's going to be interesting to see how this works. I mean, like Mickey was also from Thailand. Mm. Um, he was one of the players who is, he's now officially listed as a streamer. Uh, but he, yeah, he was originally from here as well. Um, but it really does come down to the, how well and how, um, how can I describe it? How, cohesive the team can be um Uh it's something that like you can wear with like a sense of pride on your shirt and say like you know what this is something that we're we're good at and i mean the the funny the funny thing i'm gonna go back to my my dota scene there was that whole thing with um team orange i think it was orange or fanatic 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 um they had a whole team of like filipino players interesting and they were like okay like they're playing up against like EU and a like China, Korea, like those are like the powerhouses and they're like, okay, we're going to knock out the tournament favorites real quick. And they, they did it one year and it was, it was a huge blow to like everybody. They're like, who are these guys? And they're like, there's a bunch of, you know, Filipino guys who just love the game. So uh, it, it worked out in their favor. And yeah, it's usually the places that a lot of people underestimate that have like the most hidden potential and most hidden talent so right definitely looking forward to that um so to wrap up our our stuff about patifan um what are your thoughts on how he's gonna do uh and is he really a player to watch or is it kind of just because of this this news peg to him that he did switch from valorant to overwatch um i do think that I mean, on paper, realistically, like the LA Gladiators have definitely been a team to always like keep an eye out for. Like, right. I, I always feel like that's that's a thing. Um, and I mean, he's not alone in this space either. Like, Patifan gets signed like earlier this year. They also signed Ons, who kind of did the same thing where he went to Valorant, didn't have a lot of luck, so came back to Overwatch. Um, so they're kind of like bouncing between the two spaces. I mean, you still have Kevster, Space, Funny Astro, Skewed, and Shu on that team as well. Uh, and Reiner. Reiner's the latest like tank that they added as well. So it's going to be a lot of really interesting, like... It's going to be a really interesting squad moving forward. And obviously there's like a lot of question marks. Uh, you know, we had bird ring retire so they had to find somebody who can fill in that role but also moth like moth hasn't officially retired yet he he's left the team um but he hasn't signed with a new team yet either hmm. so okay. uh we'll see if he comes back or if he's like saying okay yeah you know what i'm gonna take a year off maybe he is like officially leaving the scene and saying like you know what i want to go back and get my degree definitely something that players have done in the past where it's they a smart will... move to do go back your degree 
yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to see. And I think that, you know, uh, the San Francisco Shock are like fully rebuilding. So I feel like a team that has a little bit of like experience now is going to be really interesting to see. And Pachifan on this LA Gladiator team is going to be very scary. Mm hmm. He is definitely someone we are going to keep our eyes on when the season starts and we start season four of this podcast. Um, last bit of gaming news that I found out just now. Um, the Uncharted movie has a release date, February 18th, 2022. Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, I feel like we really just with the development hell that this movie went through, we really missed out on our chance of Nathan Fillion being Nathan Drake, but I, I don't know if maybe I don't know if I like Mark Wahlberg as Sully. I don't think he has the acting chops and I don't think he fits the character, but I'm excited to see what Tom Holland can do with it. Yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be a really interesting take on Uncharted. Um, I, I haven't played any of the games, uh, but I do feel like it is one of those things where casting decisions are really important. Um, mm -hmm. looking at you, Nintendo, but you know, uh, it, it's going to be one of those things where we're going to look at it and, you know, if it does make a solid movie, maybe we can see things like this in the future, but I, I don't know if this was the right thing without getting, you know, Nathan Killian to play, to play Drake, you know, at least we didn't get Chris Pratt. Yeah. At least it's not Chris Pratt. I, I give you that at least. I did. I have played all four of the Uncharted games. I really like them. I do think that, like, you don't have to play the first. I don't think. I don't feel like you have to play the first couple to to really get into the fourth one. I think the fourth one is just with the better mechanics and everything, and it being um, made for the PS4, um, Xbox One generation. It definitely is a more polished game. Um, you don't get as much of like the nuance of the story, but it still could, it still works as a standalone game. Um, I would recommend playing through all of the games just because they're fun adventure games straight up. And this is not just one person. This is multiple people who have told me uncharted four is like their favorite game of all time, which is saying something. I think it's good. It, I'm not, I wouldn't call it my top game of all time, but like, I feel like that is a testament to the strength of this series. So I'm looking forward to seeing it and seeing just how Tom Holland does. Again, I don't think that Wahlberg is the right choice for this, but I'm excited for Tom Holland as always. And with that, Kevin, how, how sh shall we close out this episode? Any, anything from you? Um, yeah, uh, don't come in my chat and spoil Spider Man, please. Oh, God, I think I will be already been spoiled for me. I I'm don't gonna be watching it tomorrow. Um, put an image out on the internet already, and I yeah, I'm like, already. come on, bro, like, don't, don't, don't be that person. Um, like, I work on social media and I work for I work on the DC pages, so you know, fans are gonna come in and spoil it. So, I, I am resigned to my fate of being spoiled. Just know that if you spoil it for me, I will hate all of you. Yeah, it's it's not going to be fun. You you will you will not have our approval. Uh, yeah. So definitely don't don't spoil Spider Man for other people. Give it at least you know at least two weeks, maybe a month. Um, but yeah, 
if anybody wanted to see it, they will see it in like the first two weeks or month or so. So give it that. Once it's once it's out of theaters, I feel like you could talk about it. So um yeah, it's it's definitely something to do. Uh go watch Hawkeye if you guys haven't watched Hawkeye. I'm I'm in the middle of it. Um how is it compared to the other Marvels? Uh this one's very much a Christmas like series. Uh holiday season. It's uh it explains a lot of really weird things about you know the the new look that we get. Um, it's a fun it's a fun series for sure. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes, and I hope that like I, I haven't finished it yet, but I know that a lot of people are talking about it. Um, and then uh, yeah, we'll see if we have another one in the near future. I, I don't know if we're gonna have another one next week or the week after just because it is getting closer to you know christmas um we can um i just don't want to you know run over anything or ruin plans for anybody but um yeah have a, have a nice holiday season make sure that you get your shopping done early and uh yeah have have fun all right everybody thank you for tuning in hope you have a a warm December as you possibly can. Please be safe out there. It is flu season. We do have the Omicron floating around in the air. Um, yeah, please, please be safe as much as possible. Uh, catch you. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll probably record next week, but then we'll probably, we might be off. We might be off one or two of the weeks, depending on how our holiday schedules go. But as always, thank you for listening. And we look forward to talking at you soon. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest in gaming and pop culture news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.